Hello, and welcome to the Mesh Young Adult Ministry Podcast. Today we will be looking at why we should reach young adults. Now to our host, Randy Jumper. So, um, I think I'm the oldest young adult pastor in the history of the church. Like, not just our church, but in the 2,000-year history of the church. Um, I have uh, been a college young adult pastor at First Assembly for 18 years and worked in college young adult ministry for the five years previous to it. So, um, you guys have heard me say it before, but I have been in college or working with college students and young adults since 1993. <laughs> what was your age? Just random. 1993. How many of you were five years or older? I'm going to go there. Five years or older. Me, Heidi, Donovan, there you go, Staffords. In 1993, how many of you were zero to five? How many of you were negative numbers in 1993? <laughs> my back is hurting more as I just, my knee is hurting. <laughs> so we start talking. A um, couple, couple things happened. It happened to me this week on a phone call. Why are you still doing this? Why aren't you doing something else? It was an exact quote. Um, oh, it usually, um, those of you who've been with me, like Dave and Rachel, we've learned from lots of different other young adult pastors and groups of the years. The vast majority, in fact, all of them, are no longer either existing, they've changed, or those leaders have moved on to do other things. So I say that to, to say, on one hand, I do feel like I have a bit of an, ex- of an experience opportunity for us. I've done it a, a little bit. I also, um, it also is a warning to me that we've got to be having ongoing conversations because things change over 18 years. And so um, while trends are important, there's also a foundational piece of my standing where I'm at looking back. Some things haven't changed at all. Same questions, same issues, same struggles. People in this room are, are on the spectrum of young adulthood. We have people who are aging out of young adults trying to figure out what they're supposed to do with the rest of their life. We have older single people who are asking a lot of identity questions and future questions. We have younger single people who are not listening to me currently looking for other younger single people in the room. Okay. We have married people or engaged people who are, their whole world is completely turning upside down. We have people who are, who have children for the first time and their world has turned upside down one more time. And it's all these sort of spectrum moving and back and forth. Over my research and study, because it's not just uh, something that I care about, it's something I want to learn about, um, this statistic, and this is the thing, I want to, one of the things I want to write down in your paper, is this. Um, in my own personal life, and both in data that I've collected and researched about you, at First Assembly, as well as Red, here's the stat, over two-thirds of individuals walk away from church when they're young adults. Over two-thirds of individuals stop practicing their faith in the context of local church after high school graduation. 
Sometimes that is uh, immediately. Sometimes that's within the first year. Sometimes that's through college period. Uh, this is complete walkaways. Never, not seen again. So I'd let you, like you to do, I'd like you to take the next 90 seconds at your table or your surrounding areas. Uh, turn around if you're, if you're not. Give me some of the reasons why people walk away from church. 90 seconds on your mark, get set, go. Okay, you've only got 30 seconds, so keep talking. Many ideas as you can come up are helpful. Okie dokie. So, give me some of your things. What'd you come up with? The hiccups. Some, some people have hiccups. What else? What'd you come up with? I mean, you were talking. Churches are relevant in your world. What else? So, they were bogus to begin with. Hard to do every week. What else? Because you're in the Gulf Sea, you have a lot more thrown at us from society and culture, and so a lot of young adults start to do different things about that. They stop going to church because they don't want to basically feel convicted because when they're not at church, they can ignore it. Okay, so let me unpack that a little bit because you, you, you said couple things at once I want to make sure I captured right so things th things are thrown at young adults what are those things okay real be as exact and specific as you can so Because what? Let me. Because I'm taking us somewhere on purpose. Because you're you're absolutely correct, but you just gave like nine reasons. 
No, when I say that, they're very important to separate those because there's a difference between being overworked and having questions about gender. But you see what I'm saying? So when you say things are coming at, you're actually filling the whole board for me. Great job. Uh, but, but what we hit, what she said was, is we have this, it's hard to work every week. There's just, we're super busy. Young adults are super busy. You have more to do than ever before. And then there are questions, there are belief questions. Is that, is that a good way of saying this? And not just questions, but belief rejections. Meaning, maybe some of you in this room, if I stand up as a pastor and say homosexuality is a sin, somebody in this room will nod your head and say, of course it is. That's what we've always believed. Others of you will nod your head and say, no, you believe that, but I don't. Others, you, or your head moves more of in a circle. Like you're not, you're like, I want to believe one thing, but I don't, I, it's more of a move, your head's just moving. <laughs> right? What else? Lack of accountability. Lack of accountability. Um, that's a great piece. And let me just build on it. How many of you drove yourself to church this morning? Okay. Yeah. Or you, you of your own volition brought yourself to church. Some of you walked across the street. Num, num, num. New responsibility. And when I say this is it's someone you're no longer is babysitting you. So um, in that sense that when you were 14, some of you had parrots. You did not have the option, right? So... Um, now that you're in charge, you make choices. This is a good sort of overall picture because we're, we don't we're not this is not the goal of today's lesson because Carling's coming to talk more in detail. But I I divide that that two thirds that's lost, uh, that two thirds that's missing who have left us into three categories. Um, I call them the uh, the rebels. Those are people who have decided I'm not going to serve Jesus anymore. And we all know people that we've gone to school with, gone to church with, who've just said, I'm not going to serve Jesus anymore. They break my heart. They hurt my heart. Members of our team, close friends and heroes of my children, who've said, sorry, not Jesus anymore. I'm doing my own thing. Those are the rebels. And rebels is a hard word, but that's the best word I could come up with. Then um, there's this other category. It's the moved. When I say the moved, these are people who just simply have moved. <laughs> like their life situation has so drastically changed that their involvement interaction with me is not, is not great or with our church is not great. Um, and when I say they've moved, that means they may be involved in another church. They may not be involved in another church. On Tuesday, I'm having lunch with Nathan Eller in Jonesboro. Well, he doesn't come to First NLR. You know why? He lives in Jonesboro. Like, their life situation has moved. Okay? And then there's this third group. It's the lost. It's not the biblically lost. This isn't like lost going to heaven or not, go not going to heaven, lost going to hell. This is that we just don't know where they are. We've just lost you. Somewhere in the mix, you're just lost. 
You could be living in the apartments across the street, but we lost you. We don't know where you're at. And so um, to help understand this, what, how this is the piece that today we're kind of refocusing on. The rebels um, may be above our pay grade at this point because really what's going to have to happen is the Holy Spirit's going to have to really hit them. Now, we've got a part to play in the Holy Spirit getting there, so there's going to be a little bit of a bleed. The moved, I used to stress way too much about the moved. At this point, if you've moved, I need to release you and let you go and not stress about it. But as us as a team, there's a couple things we're going to walk through, and on your handout, we're going to walk through them first. Uh, the reason people choose, go from being a part to being lost or the rebel is first is a disassociation from church. Some people just disassociate from church. They're on their own. They're independent. They get, the point, they get to the point where they're ready to move on. They're just tired of reality. They're tired of youth group. They're tired of kids' church. They're tired of getting out of bed on Sunday morning. They're tired of living holy. They're tired of saying no to certain things. They're tired of saying yes to something. They're just disassociating from church. Um, they've got all these reasons plus more. Um, there on your handout, you see to the left, there's a song. Um, and I want, uh, Daniel, go ahead and play this song for us. This is a song. Um, I hate the fact that it's sung by this singer because it ruins my whole point of my deal. But I want you to listen to this song as we close out today. And I want you to think through the song, not as someone who's just necessarily singing and listening to music, but I want you to listen for the good and the bad in this song. Okay? The good and the bad in this song. And the lyrics are over on the left. Can we play it? Well, while he's bringing it up, let me go through those two bottom things. Disassociation from church. Part of that's because we've become, become global. We're global and local at the same time. How many of you have at least one friend who lives on another continent somewhere in the world? How many of you like to shop locally at farmer's markets and those kinds of things? Some of you raised your hands both at the same time. 50 years ago, that was virtually impossible. But now we live in a global and a local society that everything's local. So you have exposure to things like you've never exposed to before. Secondly, we live in a digital world where digital makes it possible for people to disassociate from church. Now listen to this song. Uh, is what are the what are the positives and what are the negatives from it? All right, let's go.
Okay, they can fade it out because it just sings that same thing over and over again. So how many of you had heard this song before? How many of you liked this song? A couple of you. How many of you never heard the song before? Oh, wow. I, um, surprisingly interesting. Um, so what's so what do you like about this song? It's honest. It's honest. What do you mean? So what is she feeling? Her religion, her religion doesn't fit her anymore. She's moved on. She's changed. She was doing things for the wrong reason. Pleasing somebody else. Donovan, you raised your hand. What did you like this song? Yeah, I, I like the transparency in it uh, as well. But I, I, I think my take was she was moving from doing things just because to actually um, doing things to, uh, to, a, to a degree of things that actually matter. Uh, maybe she found out some things along, the, along that, that journey that were maybe not the way to do things or not the proper way to do things. And she's, uh, it's not, it's not like she's moving from maybe a, a religion to more of a, a relationship. Ah, the very famous phrase. <laughs> I want relationship, not religion. Anyone not like this song or see dangers in it? Or concerns? Danger is too strong a word. I mean, it's all, it's Lauren Daigle after all. I mean, how dangerous can Lauren be? Yes. Anyone else? Yeah, Caitlin. Um, I've never heard this song before today, but you know a song, similar attitude from Skillet. Um, and for both of the songs, it's kind of a similar kind of thought that I've had was that like you're trying to focus more on like God's Structure. Structure is a good word. Yeah, I can see yeah, the structure. I can still be this without this. But yeah, there's like a. It's almost throwing away the whole importance of the structure, which is like community and accountability. And so I guess that's one thing I think is kind of dangerous. 
about it. I think I think also too, a lot of people in our world have a tendency to relate religion to to God, so to speak. And some of the some of the, we call them structures, and some of the structures that that we actually execute in in our uh, quote unquote religion. Um, and people kind of see that that say that they are quote unquote believers and they're living, you know, uh, a religious lifestyle, but they but they're actually doing some other things as well. And I think people may have a tendency to equate that that's that that's how God is. Yeah. One of the beauties of art is really good artists create things that are incredibly dependent on how you evaluate them. So um, you can actually look up Lauren Daigle's comments about her own writing. She's quoted on this. Um, I'll just tell you, as a young adult pastor, it's incredibly discouraging. Her, her, her comments about this song, eerily reminiscent for just a little bit older young adults in the room. It's functionally the same thing as every Mumford and Son, Son, Sons album, which is basically a bunch of pastor's kids saying that they don't want to have religion anymore and they could follow Jesus their own way because Jesus is more important than holiness and, and responsibility. Um, so I don't want to bust on Lauren Daigle because, first of all, she's not here in the room. That's a little irresponsible to tell you what she meant with her songs. And we'll say this um, as Carling comes up to do the next portion. I think the ones of you who like this song, you like it because you resonate with the idea. Donovan said it. We want Jesus, not structures. We want relationship, not religion. Um, and there is this sort of driving force inside of us that we don't want to be forced into anything in the young adult life we want to disassociate ourselves from things because we don't want to be told what to do and we don't want to we want to create our own expectations and our own path and not have something layered on it especially when we've got questions and things we reject come on up carly um, but the the real issue in play is what does she mean when she says light a match and burn it down because my real fear is, not her, but young adults in general, is that they, they light a match and burn it down. And in, their, in their attempts to burn off the edges of the things they don't like, they accidentally consume the whole thing. And whether someone's let them down or someone's done something wrong or they just have questions it, they put themselves in a place where they shouldn't be mentally and emotionally. And so while I l like the phrase, I want a relationship with Jesus, not religion, let me also say, if you don't have rela religion, then you don't have a relationship with Jesus. They are not mutually exclusive. Both are necessary to be in right standing with the Lord. Now, not false religion, not bad religion, not fake religion. But be careful when you fall into the trap of saying, we don't need structure, we don't need systems. Because the guy who gave us the church, you know what his name was? Jesus. So if you say you want relationship with him, then somehow you have to have relationship with his gift, the church. <laughs> 